Well, hello there, Gray Wolves and Coyote class. Miss Catalic here. Just hanging out outside as the light begins to fall and fade. It's almost dinner time. And I thought it would be a great time to listen to another chapter of our book. I'm really curious to see what happens because we left off in the middle of a story which normally doesn't happen. One thing I really like about this story is how there is a kingdom of animals that exist without humans. I mean, I guess if you think about it, it's kind of like a jungle or an untouched forest where humans don't live. But those things tend to be pretty rare nowadays. I'm also really curious as to what happens with the king and the cat. It made me think a lot about how we treat animals. I have a little kitty cat and I make sure to give her tons and tons of pets throughout the day. I couldn't imagine only ever feeding her and never petting her. Anyway, I really, really love this story and I can't wait to hear what happens next. So get comfy. Sit back and get ready for the next chapter. While they were sitting on the rock waiting for the whimsies to come home, Tall said, Read me the rest of the story of Sar, Nar, and Janook. How far did we get? asked the old man. To the place where Janook had fallen asleep in the bottom of the soap bubble. What happened after that? Did he go to the land where all the animals live? Noomzor Noom did not answer. And a strange sadness overcame him. He sat as if in a dream, his wide open eyes gazing without expression into the distance. His forehead was all wrinkled and now and then he shook his head, as if in despair. When Tal looked at him, he too felt sad, for he knew that something was troubling the old man. I know you're worried about something, Tal said. What's the matter? Oh, nothing, said the old man. There is something, said Tal, and I know what it is. You're worrying about that old door and going to prison, aren't you? And when Noomzor Noom did not answer him, Tal continued and said, You can open that door. You can do anything. Any of the stories you've told me will do it. I won't let King Tazarin put you in prison. I'll kick and pound the door until it has to come open. That's all very well said Noomzor Noom, but you won't be able to come into Troom. Why not? asked Tall. Who's going to stop me? The guards at the gate, said the old man. Well, I'll get by them somehow, said Tall. I'm not going to let you in alone. Something might happen to you, and I, I wouldn't be there to help you. We'll have to think about that later, said Noomzor Noom. You always want to think about things later, 
said Tall. Won't you say that you're going to take me in? I can't, said the old man. There's nothing I'd rather do than take you with me. But it's not for me to decide. What will you do with me then? asked Tall. I'll have to leave you outside, said the old man. You'll be safer there. I don't want to be safe, said Tall. I want to go with you. I know you do, said the old man. He began to cheer up a bit now. Let's not think of that now. It's more important that you should hear my stories. The first thing you have to do is choose one of them. You can help me more that way than any other. Anyhow, I'm going to think there's a chance of my going to Troom, said Tall. I can do that, can't I? Yes, said the old man. There's always a chance. And it's a big chance, isn't it? added Tall, looking at the old man hopefully. But Noom Zornoom did not say another word. Instead, he got up and walked over to where the crystal block was. There he sat down and began to read the rest of the story of Sar, Nar, and Janook. And this is how it went. When Janook woke up, he was floating along near the ground. As he looked down, he saw a broad stretch of grass barely out of reach below him. Then something happened. There was a pop, the bubble burst, and Janook found himself lying in the middle of a field. He looked for the soap bubble, but it had disappeared into thin air. Janook looked all around, and in every direction he saw nothing but woods and hills. So he got up, dusted himself off, and started to walk. After a while, he came to a road that ran along the edge of a small stream. This road he took and followed for as far as it went. At the end of the road, he came to a house. When he knocked at the door, a spider opened it up and asked, Who are you, and what do you want? Janook spoke kindly and said, Such and such happened to me. I blew myself inside a soap bubble, and it carried me here. Now, can you tell me where I am? How far am I from home? The spider said, You are in a land where nothing but animals live. Are you sure you have come in search of nothing? I didn't even know I was coming, said Janook, but I have heard of this place, and I, I have always wanted to come, just to live with the animals. You see, I love animals, and I promise I am always kind to them. After the spider made certain that Janook was not searching for the tree, she invited him in. She gave him a piece of bread and a bowl of milk. Then she said, It's good that you are kind to animals. Otherwise, it would not be safe for you to be here. We animals do not like to have people visit our kingdom. Only last year a boy came and said to me, where is the tree that holds the secret of wealth? And when I told him I didn't know, he threatened to kill me. So I made him a prisoner, and he is still here. When she spoke these words, Janook knew that she was talking of one of his brothers. Where is this boy? he asked. The spider took him into the backyard, and there was Sar, all tangled up in a huge web that was spun between two trees. 
The more he struggled to free himself, the more tangled he became. His back was toward Janook, so he did not see him. The spider laughed and said, Once a year, our king, the lion, judges all the prisoners. If he thinks fit, they are freed and sent back home. If not, they stay prisoners forever. It depends on how cruel they have been. Until the lion comes here, that boy must stay as he is. Janook was sad. He did not tell the spider who Sar was, but he made up his mind to find the lion and beg mercy for his brother. So he asked, Where does your king, the lion, live? The spider said, Go back by the road you have come on, then take such and such a road. You will have to travel a long way. I don't think you should go so far into our kingdom. Here you are safe, but I don't know how the other animals will treat you further on. Janook thanked the spider for all she had done. He left the house and came back on the road by the stream. Then he found the road that the spider had spoken of. He went as far as it went, and he came to another house. This house belonged to an ant, who lived there with his wife and children. The ant was out in the fields working, but his wife was at home cooking food for her thousand children. When Janook came to the door, she asked, Who are you and what do you want? He told her the same as he had told the spider, and she asked him the same questions. Then he went in and helped her with the cooking. After all the children had eaten, the ant said, You are not like other people I have seen. Janook said, Why do you say that? The ant said, Last year a boy came here. He looked something like you. He said to me, Where is the tree that holds the secret of all wealth? When I told him that I did not know, he became angry and said, you do know. You just don't want to tell me. You must either tell me or I'll crush you under my heel. And he would have killed me had not my husband and all my children made him prisoner. Come, I'll show you where he is. She led Janook to the back door, and there, out in the yard, he saw Nar, buried up to his neck in a huge anthill. Nar was asleep, so he did not see his brother. Janook asked, How long will that boy stay there? Until our king the lion comes and gives judgment, said the ant. Then that boy may be freed, or he may stay there forever. Once again, Janook was sad. He asked the ant all about the lion and how to get to his house. She told him a great deal, much more than the spider had told him. So Janook set out to find the lion and beg for mercy for his brothers. For many months he took this road and that road, until finally he came to a palace. He walked up the front steps and knocked at the door. This palace was the home of the lion, the king of all the animals. When the lion heard that a lame boy had come to see him, he ordered his servants to put the boy in a room by himself and give him all he wanted to eat. After Janook had rested and eaten, the lion went in to see him. I have heard all about you, he said. 
You have been very kind and very good to my people. You have done none of them harm. Tell me what it is you want. Janook trembled with fear. He was afraid of the lion, and he was ashamed to tell him about Sar and Nar. Janook said, I have come to ask a favor of you, but I am ashamed to tell you what it is. Tell me that I may grant it, the lion said. Then Janook told him all about his brothers and what had happened to them. The lion listened but said nothing. He went out of the room and into another room. In that room, he took off his lion's skin and became an old man, the same old man that had told the story about the cat. Then he came back to the boy. When Janook saw the old man, he did not know what to say, for he could not believe his eyes. Do you remember me? asked the old man. Yes, said Janook, but how can you be both a lion and an old man? In the kingdom of men, I am an old man. In the kingdom of animals, I am a lion. And he went out and put on his lion skin again. He came back as a lion and said, You treated me well at your house. Now I shall treat you well here. Your brothers did not treat me well, so you see what has happened to them. For your sake I will free them, but not yet. You must stay here with me for a while. I have something to show you. So Janook stayed in the lion's palace and was happy. One day the lion said, Get on my back and ride. We are going on a trip. Janook climbed up the lion's back and held on to his mane. The lion walked out of the palace and went off through the village. All the animals, when they saw Janook, spoke to him and shook his hand. They greeted him and asked him to stay in their kingdom as long as he wished. On through the village they went, and for many days they traveled through a forest. Janook saw many wonderful sights, just as he had never seen before, and at last they came to a large lake. Without stopping, the lion walked into the water and swam across with the boy on his back. There, on the other side of the lake, they went up the side of a steep hill to where there was a cave. Don't be afraid, the lion said. As long as you are here with me, you will be safe. So they went into the cave. No sooner had they entered than Janook heard the most terrible sounds as if all the animals in the world were talking at once. The lion shouted, Silence! Here comes the king! As he spoke, all the noise stopped, and suddenly the cave was lit up with millions of lights of every color. The lion said, The animals that you will now see are guards. A hundred of every kind of animal in the world stand guard along the sides of this cave. No man could ever go through unless he was with me. 
No person has ever been here before you, Janook. Janook looked and saw that they were passing between two rows of elephants, then two rows of giraffes, and then two rows of tigers, leopards, and so on. All that day and the next, they passed between the guards until Janook had seen a hundred of every animal there is to be seen in the world, from the biggest to the smallest. At last they came to the other end of the cave, which opened into a small field completely surrounded by cliffs one mile high. There they spent the night, and Janook slept curled up close to the lion. In the morning, when it was light and the lion said, That tree is the tree of wealth. Then Janook saw that standing in the middle of the field was a tree. It looked like an ordinary apple tree, the same as he, as he had often seen before. He was disappointed, for he had expected to see a wonderful tree quite different from any other tree in the world. The lion said, You may pick a sprig, but tell no one that you have taken it. Hide it in your pocket. And when you get home, be sure that you plant it. Janook got up to walk to the tree, and he found he was lame no more. So he ran to the tree and climbed up it and picked a sprig. He looked to see if there was any fruit, but there was none. This puzzled him, and he went back to the lion and said, Why do they call it the tree of wealth? I don't see anything on it. The lion said, When you get home, plant the sprig in your garden. If you do not say a word about what you've seen since you've been with me, then you will learn the secret of the tree. Come now, we must be going. Janook put the sprig in his pocket and climbed onto the lion's back, and away they went back through the cave. In a month, they reached the palace again. Then Janook was seized with a great longing for his brothers. All this time my brothers have been suffering. Won't you please set them free now? asked Janook. I will, said the lion. I'll do it for your sake, but not because they deserve it. So they set out for the ant's house, and there the lion gave judgment. Nar was allowed to go home. The ants dug him out of the hill, and he was free. When he saw Janook, he said, How did you get here? You are lame no more. How did all of that happen? Janook said, It is enough that I have come and begged mercy for you, more than you need not know. If it hadn't been for me, the lion would not have freed you. Then Nar pretended to be very fond of Janook. He thanked him and said kind words to him. He acted as if he always liked Janook better than anyone else in the world. And when the lion saw how Nar behaved, he said, It would be well if you always treated your brother that way. But I'm afraid I see you are only pretending. Oh, no, said Nar. He is a great brother. I may have treated him badly sometimes, but from now on I shall always treat him well. See that you do 
said the lion, for Janook is worth two of you. After that they went on to the spider's house, where Sar was freed in the same way, and he too made a great fuss about Janook. The lion said to him, You seem very fond of your brother. Do you really love him, or are you only pretending? Oh, I really do, said Sar. He is the best brother in the entire world. Be sure to remember those words, said the lion. Do not forget them as soon as you get home. Oh, I won't, said Sar. I am not that kind of brother. I'm not sure whether you are or not, said the lion, looking more as if he doubted than believed Sar's words. They then set to talking about how they would get home. Sar thought they should go one way. Nar thought they should go another. Janook kept quiet. After Sar and Nar had talked and argued for a while, they turned to the lion and said, You tell us which way is right. Neither, said the lion. You'll only get home safely if I send you, and I'll only send you on the condition that you promise to be good to Janook and to ask him no questions about what he has seen here. That's easy, Sar and Nar said. We'll promise you that. Then the lion roared and three eagles came flying through the sky and lighted on the ground near the lion. The lion said to them, Each of you carry one of these boys on your back and take him home. They are brothers and live together. With these words that the lion spoke, Sar, Nar, and Janook each climbed onto an eagle's back. The lion shook hands with each of them and said goodbye. Then the eagles flapped their wings and flew off into the sky. In this way, the boys got home easily and without having to walk. The eagles carried them to a forest not too far from their home. There they left them in a clearing and went away. After the eagles had gone, Sar and Nar turned to Janook and said, Tell us why you are lame no more. If you don't tell us, we shall tie you up with vines and leave you here. We want to hear everything. How did you meet the lion? How did he show you the tree? Janook said, You promised the lion not to ask me. I will not tell you. What do we care what we promised the lion? Laughed Sar and Nar. He is far away and he can't harm us. You, you have to tell us. I won't, said Janook. You won't, won't you? said Sar and Nar. We'll see about that. And with these words, they seized Janook, bound him hand and foot, and tied him to a tree. Then they laughed at him and said, If you tell us, we'll let you free. If not, you can stay there for good. I will not tell you, said Janook. That's all there is to it. So Sar and Jar left Janook, and they went home. When they came to their house, their mother was glad to see them, for she had long thought they would never come home again. What happened to you? Why have you been away so long? Did you find the tree? They told their mother this and that, and she believed they had done wonderful things. They told her, We did what no man has ever done before. We found the tree of wealth, but there was so much gold on it 
that we thought it best not to carry it back. We have hidden it where we can find it only. We shall go back for it with horses and wagons. Now tell us what you have been doing. Where is Janook? Where is Janook? asked his mother. Didn't he join you? He disappeared not long after you left. I thought he may have gone to find you. We have not seen him, said Sar and Nar. He never joined us. When the old woman heard these words, she burst into tears, for she had hoped in her heart that all three brothers would come back together. No amount of talking on the part of their boys could stop their mother from crying. She wailed and moaned and made such a fuss that Sar and Nar were alarmed. They thought she had gone mad. So they hurried out of the house and brought back Janook. Then the truth, the real truth, came out. The mother punished Sar and Nar as they deserved to be punished. She kept them in the house day after day and made them work hard all the time. They were very much ashamed of themselves and begged to be forgiven. But their mother had no idea of forgiving them until she had punished them as severely as possible for what they had done was cruel and incredibly unkind. To make their punishment worse, she gave Chinook whatever he asked for and let him play as much as he wished. She said, You are the best of my boys. I'm glad that you are lame no more. Tell me how you were cured. I have promised not to tell, said Chinook. Then don't, said the mother. It is enough for me to know that you are lame no more. As soon as he had a chance, Janook planted the sprig in his garden and waited to see what would happen. Meanwhile, Sar and Nar repented and were forgiven. They actually became different boys, and they treated Janook as brothers should. Time passed and the tree grew, but it grew to look just like any other fruit tree. Janook kept watching it, expecting to see something wonderful happen, but nothing did. At last, one summer, it was covered with fruit, beautiful round fruit, blue in color, with long arcing stems. When Janook saw it, he thought to himself, what can this mean? The fruit is pretty, but there is no wealth in it. Perhaps it will change into gold when it ripens. So he looked forward to the day when the fruit would ripen. The summer passed and fall came. Then the fruit on the tree became ripe. But it was still fruit, not gold. One day Janik picked one of them off the tree. He bit into it. It was so sweet and juicy. So he bit further into it. Then his teeth struck something hard, which he thought was a seed. He looked, and lo and behold, the fruit was full of seeds, and each seed was a large diamond. In this way he learned the secret of the tree. He picked all the fruit and took all the seeds out, and he had a huge pile of diamonds. Thereafter, every year, he got a big crop of diamonds. He forgave his brothers and shared his fortune with them. His mother had to work no more. 
and they are all alive and happy today. If I'd been Janook, I'd have kept the diamonds, said Tall. Sar and Nar didn't deserve to be treated so well. Perhaps not, said the old man, but I guess Janook knew that that was the best thing to do. How much do you think all those diamonds were worth? asked Tall. A lot of money, said the old man. More than you've ever seen. More than I've ever seen. That's a great story, said Tall. I'd like to have been Janook and see all those animals. I wonder what it's like to ride on a lion's back. I'd like... But just then, the whimsies began to come behind the waterfalls. They jumped right through the middle of the falls without hurting themselves at all. They swam across the pool and climbed up to the rocks to where their houses were. All the while, Noom or Noom watched them. He said, If you see one with a red head, let me know. That one will be the king. And with him we must speak, for he alone can be of any help to us. Tall watched carefully. There he is now, said Tall. He just came through the waterfall. See him over there? Nooms or Noom looked, and there was the king of the whimsies, just about to climb into his house. The old man lost no time. He shouted and said, O king of all the whimsies, is there anything you wish? When the king heard those words, he quickly swam over to where Nooms or Noom was standing. He came out of the water on the flat rock. Then he turned three somersaults in the air, bowed, and said, Did you ask me if there was anything I wished? Nooms or Noom knew what the whimsies liked to have their wishes granted better than anything else. So he said, Anything you wish for, you shall have. But in return, you and your people must do something for me. The king drew himself up to his full six inches of height. And indeed he was a sight to look at with his bluish-green body and big, round, red head. He said, There is one thing I want for myself and my people. I have asked it of many. But none have been able to give it to me. For if you will give it to me, the one thing that I want, I will do anything in the world for you. What is it? Nooms or Noom asked. The king said, We live in the holes in the rock. All day we swim in the water under the falls. And at night, when we come home, we work changing pebbles into jade beads. We could do our work much easier if we had lights in our houses but we have no lamps. Now, if you will give us each a lamp, we will do what you want us to. When Noomzor Noom heard this request, he said, You ask for more than one thing. You ask for many things. No, I don't, said the king. I only ask for one thing, light. It's a hard request to grant, said Noomzor Noom. If I do give you the light you ask for, I shall expect you to do a great deal for me. I will, said the king. We'll do anything you want. Tell me what you have in mind. 
Then Noomzor Noom went on and told the king just what he wanted the whimsies to do. Not only do I want you to tell me which of the underground rivers goes to Troom, but I want your people to swim up that river and pull our golden basket behind them. It is the only way we have of getting home. Will you do that? That will be easy, said the king. I thought you were going to ask for something harder than that. By the time Noomzor Noom had finished talking with the king of the Whimsies, the sun had set and night had come. It was very dark under the falls. Not much could be seen. Noomzor Noom said to the king, Call your people and I will give them each a lamp. Then he turned to Tall and whispered to him, As soon as the king calls his people, you open the silver box with the pieces of the Milky Way in it and throw all the pieces into the pool here under the falls. That was all he said, nothing more. The king of the whimsies gave a shrill whistle. At once every latch clicked. All the little doors, golden doors opened. Then Tall threw a handful of the Milky Way into the water. It scattered like a handful of dust, and each little piece shone and sparkled. Before any of the pieces sank to the bottom of the pool, the whimsies dived in after them. Each whimsy got a piece, took it back to his house, and kept it there. Each tiny bit made so much light that every whimsy had a lamp, and they left the doors of their houses open so that the light came out and lit up everything under the falls. When the king saw what a wonderful thing had happened, he said, You have done more than I thought any person could do. You have given each of us a light. Now we will take you where you wish to go. Tall, Noomzor Noom and Millie Tinkle got into the golden basket, and the king got in with them. Then all the whimsies dived into the water and took hold of the basket. They pushed it along to where the three underground rivers came out of the side of the cliff. When they got to that place, the king said, We want the river that leads to Troom. And as he said it, the letters T-R-O-O-M appeared in glowing green letters over the mouth of the middle cave. So the whimsies knew that that one went to Troom. They swam into the cave and followed the river under the cliff. Everything became pitch black, and all that Tall could hear was the swish, swish, swishing of water against the sides of the cave.